hey, I'm going to just put out this little short uh, 10-minute conversation I had with Dr. Jonathan Cachet. He was the last guest on the Kratom Science Podcast. Uh, we talked about a indoor growing system that he developed called DSS Sunlight Indoor. And DSS st- stands for Dynamic Supplemental Sunlight. So uh, it's an energy-friendly way to grow plants indoors, uh, particularly cannabis is what he, what he worked on, but maybe Kratom in the future. So uh, here's our conversation about that. Thanks for listening. The uh, sun-grown indoor uh, system. Is cannabis grown at that lab using that method? So, so at, at Hocking, no. They're, okay. they're, um, I'm working with some of the crew there to develop a, a hemp um, uh, cultivation plot, right? So now hemp became legal in Ohio yeah. uh, two years ago. The program was implemented one year ago. This season this growing season will be the first legal hemp crop in ohio you know since 1800 since prohibition started um so no they're not growing hemp uh, from sort of a resource efficiency or operational uh, perspective okay. uh, there's a few groups that i'm working with in the private sector but yeah i mean the sun-grown indoor method the take-home on that was um I was sitting around with my buddies in Northern California as a few other PhDs that had been in California and UC Davis for a while. They had started a, a collective out there that they were growing and then serving, you know, we were delivering 70 year old women in, in rough parts of Sacramento who could only afford to get the medication from us. And we were just giving it to them. You know, you really start to see the people that you're helping, uh, get better and it becomes really encouraging to continue to do that behavior um but i i I always was and i remain and i continue to be concerned about climate change and global warming Um, i i'm hoping to a certain extent the pandemic has um made people realize that if you think that our species is going to fight mother nature and win uh it hasn't happened in millions of years you know, seven mass extinctions, us being in the seventh one, uh, it's not a battle that we can win with life still existing. And so, you know, I was just sort of venting about this one day saying, okay, cannabis is obviously becoming a regulated environment. It's moving out of the shadows into the light. We're applying now modern agricultural technologies to this plant, um, but we're growing them inside and the, the, the joke is essentially, well, you have to recreate the sun indoors and power that with artificial electricity made from fossil fuels. It's like this is there are only there's only one more type of business that uses this type of power density. So like watts or kilowatts used per square foot. And that's data centers or operating rooms. Right. Mm-hmm. Cannabis was just going to jump right up there as the most energy intensive uh, use per square foot of any industry just right off the rip. And so the idea was, how can we reduce that energy use while still growing the plant in a way that we're not subject to the chaos of hailstorms or snowstorms? Um, you know, I, I, I gained plenty of friends up in uh, Mendo and Humboldt who, it was just funny because even if even if the only common connection between some of these groups was me, 
uh, all of them would go, ah, oh, dude, the hailstorm that came through last night, like, almost ruined my entire crop, right? They were always whining and griping about the chaos of the environment. So while growing outside yeah. is the most uh, natural and environmentally sort of friendly way to do it, from a business perspective, there's too much risk. And so all the businesses are going indoors. They're all using HPS lights. The LED technology wasn't really there. It is there now, but there's a lot of ingrained um, sort of preferences and standards. And the fact that HPS, high pressure sodium lights are still used throughout the industry to go grow plants indoors is sort of a, a crying shame. It doesn't put out good light spectrum. It's horrible in terms of its conversion of electricity to light. And so um, one of the guys that I was talking to with us in Northern California essentially said, you know, my dad just installed uh, these light tubes in the middle of his hallway, in the middle of his house, um, and it brings so much sunlight down in there that he was telling me that his house plants are now all of a sudden like, instead of leaning towards the window where the sun normally comes in, they're now leaning towards the middle of the room towards this skylight that he brought in. And it was, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, has anybody grown cannabis under these? And then, of course, you know, there were, once you got past the fourth page of Google search results and you got into the web forums, there were people who brought it up. And, but... You know, cannabis growers are notoriously a secret group of people. They don't keep any evidence. They don't um, sort of, they'll change multiple things at a time. They don't really apply uh, what I would call as a scientist, an empirical investigation, like change one variable at a time, have controls, record yeah. your data matistically. Um, and can't blame them. I mean, for the longest time, evidence or, or data records or data logs would have been called evidence in court yeah. <laughs> um, and they would have put them in jail, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, um, I called up the company Solitube, who makes these tubular daylighting devices. They're essentially uh, air ducts, uh, like air ducting, but they're for natural sunlight. And I called them and I said, hey, I'm uh, a post UC Davis. Uh, I'd like to get my hands on a few of your biggest commercial units. Um, which uh, I want to put 10 feet off the ground. And they're like, wait a second, wait a second. These things are designed to put uh, like 40 feet off the ground in a Costco warehouse. What are you talking about 10 feet off the ground? That's going to be so much light, they said. What are you talking about? It's too much light. And I said, <laughs> that's great. That's what we're looking for. We're trying to grow to see if plants can grow underneath them. And the guy on the other end of the phone paused for a minute. You know, it's real nice. But this is my first phone call with him. I'm just some... Um, PhD at Davis that called him out of the blue. So he pauses for a minute and he goes, uh, are you going to be growing cannabis? And I paused for a minute and I said, yes. And uh, we both had a laugh and, you know, sort of the rest was history. We, we built the first one in my backyard. We raised the venture capital to then get a farm going in Sonoma. Um, and really um, up until I moved back to Ohio, I spent a lot of my time, just sort of exposing the idea of piping sunlight into a, a truly insulated and climate controlled indoor room um, as a better approach to a hybrid growing facility than a greenhouse. Yeah. Greenhouses are sort of um, stuck in this devil's compromise between light transmission and insulated value. So more light comes through, less insulated value, which means, you know, if it's 100 during the day and 60 at night, 
your plants are exposed to that climate swing and it's not the great. So one of the, uh, we had an article in Grow Magazine that was called Truly the Best of Both Worlds. And that was about the sun-grown indoor technique. Um, and I, I field calls uh, all the time or emails and feel free to reach out if you want to learn more. Um, it's not necessarily an industry standard yet, uh, but I'm, I'm working to hopefully uh, bring businesses a more um, carbon-friendly approach to growing plants indoors where instead of trying to recreate the sun with electricity and artificial bulbs, uh, we're actually just pumping in the sun, uh, which is free and uh, contains elements that those artificial lights never will. And it seems like you still use less water that way than you would with an outdoor system. Is that true? You're right. You're right. And yeah. Good, yeah. Good call on that too. So yeah, that, I mean, that's the one caveat, um, which was big time in California. When you're growing outdoors, you are using an enormous amount of water. One, because your plants are bigger, but two, because it's evaporating. And so, yeah, I mean, we achieved a, a, an 80 to 85% reduction in overall electrical use. But then we also reduced our need for water per plant, like, you know, ended up using, we could recapture that water and reuse it back into the, in the system. And uh, the California regulators were more stoked on that than they were reducing the electrical use. Um, but I got to say, I haven't had a kratom tree in a sun-grown indoor system yet, and I don't know. I mean, it's a tropical plant, right? I mean, it's amazing to see once the humidity picks up those trees just take off um and of course i see on the internet in indonesia like 30 40 foot tall kratom trees so it'll be interesting to see you know if there is there a commercially viable market for commercial operations to be growing um kratom trees in uh in the u.s like down in the florida north carolina texas but once you get up in minnesota wisconsin montana you know, the winter would just kill a kratom tree. So maybe there's yeah. a position for them inside of a sun-grown indoor facility somewhere here. Um, anybody can reach out to me, uh, jc at ccbresearch.com. It's CCB, that's Conscious Cannabis Ventures, CCB Research. Or you can just hit me, uh, you know, my handle on all the social media networks is at jcachet, J-C-A-C-H-A-T. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time, Brian. Music is by Ryze. The song is called Memories of Thailand. Check out KratomScience.com. Take care.